Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. November 12, 2019, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, Maya Rockamore Cummings, uh, the widow of Congressman Elijah Cummings, will join us to talk about her run for her late husband's congressional seat. Also, we have an update on the Rodney Reed execution case out of Texas. In San Francisco, their transit system, they've apologized to the black man arrested for eating while black. Tomorrow, the open impeachment hearings will start. Joining us here is Congresswoman Karen Bass, chair of the Congressional Black Caucus, to tell us what to expect. And guess what? Remember last week on this show when Melick said, how dare we call Stephen Miller a white supremacist? Hmm. Leaked emails show that Stephen Miller has quite a thing for white supremacists. Can't wait to see Melek defend these emails. And a rally is being held tomorrow in Annapolis, Maryland at 1 p.m. to demand support for Maryland's four HBCUs. And in Alabama, police are trying to determine if the human remains they found belong to five-year-old Taylor Williams of Jacksonville. Folks, it is time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, 
My Rocket Moore Cummings announced yesterday on Richard Maddow's show that she is running for the congressional seat uh, vacated by her late husband, Congressman Elijah Cummings. She says she wants to continue the work that he started. Joining us right now on Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, is Dr. My Rocket Moore Cummings. My good to see you on the show. Uh, good to see you, Roland. And certainly uh, our condolences uh, to you and the family uh, for the passing of Congressman Cummings. He was a great friend of this show, and so I always uh, enjoyed uh, chatting with him and spending time with uh, both of you. Uh, and so certainly uh, it ha has been uh, quite difficult the last few months for you and the family. Yes, it really has. Um, little, really, really a last few years uh, because, you know, he's had a number of uh, different health issues. But that being said, you know, I just appreciate all the love and sympathy that we receive from people all over the country uh, and certainly all over the world. And I certainly appreciate your condolences. So you um, you took some time. You said you were considering this uh, and you announced last night on Rachel Maddow that you were running for uh, his seat. Was this something that the two of you uh, discussed? Mm -hmm. We did have a conversation about six months ago um, where he was contemplating his future and he indicated that he thought that I should uh, take his place. Um, you know, so that is something that did come up uh, in our conversation. Mm -hmm. And obviously you were chair, uh, you've already resigned, but you were chair of the Maryland Democratic Party. Uh, and uh, you uh, also had a, a very brief period there uh, had announced you're running for uh, governor in Maryland uh, on the Democratic side, and then you also bowed out as well. Uh, why, uh, why pursue uh, this position now? So remember that I bowed out of the governor's race because Elijah got sick, um, and I was his primary caregiver, uh, his supporter. Um, and so I had to step out of the arena to do my first duty, which was to take care of my family. Uh, and so in terms of the, uh, the Maryland Democratic Party, I had to avoid the appearance of any uh, impropriety or uh, any co conflict of interest. Uh, as you well know, the Maryland Democratic Party is actually responsible for the voter files. Um, and so, you know, I don't want anybody, I didn't want anybody to claim that, you know, in my role as party chair, I was somehow using it to my own advantage uh, or against any of my opponents. Uh, so it was incredibly important that I actually step down from that role, given that particular conflict. So now I'm running. I'm running for the Maryland's uh, 7th Congressional District position. Uh, and I'm going to run hard, and I'm going to run well, and prayerfully I'm going to win. This is obviously... Um, it, 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 obviously, this is not the first time um, uh, spouses, members of Congress, have actually run or even replaced them in the U.S. House or the United States Senate. Uh, what case will you make to the voters there in Baltimore uh, that you are the best person to follow in the footsteps of your late husband? Well, the fact of the matter is, as you well know, because uh, you have seen me over the years, that I have been fighting. I'm not new to this. When Elijah met me in 1998, uh, I was already on the path of, you know, fighting for social justice, uh, working to strengthen the social safety net. Uh, working to make sure that health care was available to all. Uh, and I have a long track record of working on the federal level. You know, I, was, uh, I worked on the House uh, Ways and Means Committee, Social Security Subcommittee. I was Mr. Rangel's, uh, you know, chief of staff. Um, you know, I am not new uh, to the Hill. Uh, and I'm certainly not new to all of Congressman Cummings, the late Congressman Cummings' colleagues. I've testified on Capitol Hill on both the Senate side and the House side. I have a long track record of working across sectors to get things done. Uh, you know, I led Leadership for Healthy Communities, which was a program focused on helping states and 
counties, cities and counties uh, uh, provide healthier opportunities for children. I brought the 10,000 small businesses Goldman Sachs program here to Baltimore because I understand the importance of small businesses, particularly for people of color and women. And um, so I just, I've just done a lot and I roll up my sleeves and I get things done. And that is what I plan to do for the 7th Congressional District. Uh, obviously, it is going to be a crowded field already. Uh, former Congressman Kwasi Fume uh, has announced that he's also uh, seeking the position. Uh, and uh, there are a number of others who also say uh, they want uh, the seat as well. So uh, it is not going to be uh, an easy road for you. Yeah, this is democracy. And this is what I, you know, I'm a political scientist, a PhD in political science. This is what democracy is about. People toss their hat into the ring and then they compete uh, to actually convince the public <clears throat> who can best represent them. And so, you know, I frankly, I welcome the competition. I welcome the opportunity for people to see what democracy is all about. Uh, that being said, you know, I do feel that I am the strongest candidate in the race and I will be making my case to the people and I hope to win. Um, one of the things that I found to be real interesting, and, and I'm all, it is always weird when I see these C folks talking. Um, uh, some folks saying that they, they felt, like even last night, that, that you were not showing grief. And, and, I, and that's, that's weird to me, because frankly, people grieve differently. It's also, it's not like uh, you've not been dealing with uh, his illness in the past six months. We've texted several times and uh, this was something that, that, that was a battle for last half of the year. And so um, what do you say to those folks who somehow believe that you should be grieving his death and not running for office? What do you say to them? I I, I tell them that they don't know Congressman Cummings because Congressman Cummings knew that, I mean, I fought right alongside of him. He expects me to continue the fight. Uh, and so the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, you know, I, you know, I, the, the, I am seeking to continue the legacy, but also to build on it. Uh, because this is about actually solving the problems that we face in the 7th Congressional District. It's about uh, addressing the challenges that we're facing as a nation. Uh, and again, I do feel that I am the best person and best position uh, to address that. Earlier, you mentioned uh, your history in public policy. Um, first, for any, anybody who's watched uh, any of my shows, you've been a frequent panelist uh, on uh, uh, my shows on TV One uh, as well. And so, um, when, when, when you when you look at that, do you also uh, want to make it clear to folks that uh, this is not the case where you've seen other cases of, of the widow of someone passing and then members of people say, oh, uh, they should go ahead and fill the term that uh, that, frankly, you you were actually Maya Rockamore for a long time before you even started using his last name because it was about your own record. Because I, actually, I was very surprised. Right. I was very surprised when I when I when I started seeing the last name because for the longest uh, we never even used your last uh, your married name on the show. That's exactly right. Um, I was determined to keep my identity until I found out that nobody at church knew who Dr. Rocky Moore was. <laughs> uh, they only knew me as Mrs. Cummings. Uh, they didn't know my track record, uh, history of working on policy issues around the country at the federal level, the work that I've done at the state and local levels. They didn't know any of that. And so what I found is I had a split identity. Uh, people knew me as Dr. Rocky Moore through my DC focused work. Um, and then back at home in the district here in Baltimore, I was just Mrs. Cummings, so I had to bring my two identities together by actually um, making sure that I um, had Cummings on my, my name. 
Uh, well, it is uh, certainly go going to be uh, quite an interesting uh, race. We'll be watching it, and it certainly won't be the last time we talk. Before I let you go, uh, tomorrow at 1 p.m., there is going to be a rally in Annapolis uh, on behalf of the four HBCUs uh, trying to force Governor Larry Hogan to ante up. Uh, he's only offering $200 million when those HBCUs say they will settle for $577 million. Uh, your thoughts on what the governor and what the Maryland legislature should do to settle this lawsuit that's been going on for 13 years when they've already yeah. lost, uh, but they've, all, they've appealed. Right. I think the Black Caucus is doing the right thing. I think it's important to kind of raise the profile of this uh, matter. Um, it's been kind of bubbling underneath the surface and people I don't think really understand it. Uh, but the case is, you know, by the way, Elijah was a Howard grad. I'm a Prairie View A&M University grad. We care about HBCUs here in the city of Baltimore. Coppin and Morgan are huge. Uh, you know, they produce our talent uh, in the region. And, and, he, and he, was on the he was on the board of Morgan State, correct? He's on the board of Morgan yeah. State. And so, you know, we, we're big HBCU supporters. And I, as a Maryland Democratic Party chair, uh, I came out uh, in support of a resolution uh, in favor of the HBCUs. So um, I continue to support this issue. I think it's important what the Congressional Black Caucus is doing here in the state of Maryland. And I support them elevating this on the public profile. Um, I do think that Larry Hogan uh, should pay up. And I do think that the HBCUs deserve it. All right, Dr. My Rocky Moore Cummings, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. We'll be chatting further down the line. Thanks for having me. Take uh, care. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. I want to go to our panel now. Uh, joining us, uh, Melek Abdul, Republican strategist, Kelly Bethea, communication strategist. Uh, also joining us is uh, Rob Richardson, host Disruption Now podcast. Uh, Dr. Jason Nichols, Department of African American Studies, University of Maryland. Kelly, I want to start with you. Uh, and it, it is no surprise. I, I kept telling everybody, it's no surprise at all that she... Uh, was going to run for this seat, uh, saw this coming, expected it to, to happen. Your, your thoughts on her announcement? I, I, I didn't. Uh, I definitely saw it coming. Um, I didn't expect it to be on Rachel Maddow. I thought that was pretty uh, interesting to see it on there. Um, I just thought it was going to be announced uh, via Baltimore circuits beforehand. But regardless, um, for those who are critiquing her running so soon after uh, Congressman Cummings uh, passing, like she said, I don't think those people really knew the congressman all that well, because even um, in his passing, people who were eulogizing him were saying, like, on his deathbed, he was signing subpoenas. He was not a man to just, you know, lie down, take whatever was coming to him, and let the chips fall where they may. He was a man of action, and it doesn't surprise me that his wife, who is accomplished incredibly so in her own right, is in the same mindset as well. So kudos to her, um, and good luck. Jason, you're there in Maryland. Obviously, uh, this is going to be a huge uh, field. Uh, and uh, the point that she is making there, again, is that I'm not just Mrs. Cummings. There, there, there's a whole lot uh, behind my name, under my name, above my name, and around my name, right. besides just being the wife of a late congressman. No, absolutely. Dr. Rocky Moore Cummings. And, and I, like you, am not used to the Cummings part. I've always just called her Dr. Rocky Moore. Uh, she's incredibly accomplished. Uh, one of the reasons it took me a while to get here is because I'm coming from the 7th District. Um, and I think that, you know, she's got a strong argument for uh, being the next congresswoman from that district, you know, with, even without uh, the great legacy of, of Congressman Cummings. 
And there are a lot of people that have tried to take shots at Congressman Cummings. He's still extremely popular in the district. Mm -hmm. He's done incredible things throughout his career. And, uh, you know, there is, a, of course, a legacy of uh, issues in Baltimore, as there are in many cities. But Congressman Cummings, uh, he is still uh, a legend in that area. And I think uh, Dr. Rocky Moore has done incredible things, and she's going to run on her own merits, not just on his name and on his legacy. Um, I want to go to you, uh, Ron. What's interesting is this here. When you talk about um, this race, um, it is going to be high profile. Again, former Congressman Kwasi Fume, yeah, former, former head of the NAACP. Yep. Um, uh, he is uh, already j jumping into the race. But also what's interesting is that with Donna Edwards, uh, no longer being in Congress, and Senator Barbara Mikulski retiring, mm -hmm. uh, the Maryland delegation has no women. Mm. And so how do you think that might play uh, during this uh, election? Because also, frankly, whoever wins the Democratic primary is going to win. Absolutely. Uh, I, I know uh, Kim, Kim Klaychik is running on the Republican side. That's she ain't got no shot zero. at all. Nice. Zero. Uh, <laughs> zero. I mean, less than zero, but go ahead. Yeah, all right. No, it's... Um, I think I think the uh, the first female uh, coming out of this will matter, uh, and I think it will be generational too, because she's younger too. Mm -hmm. So you know, you look at not nothing wrong with seasoned politicians, but I do think people sometimes want change and, and want someone that can bring a different perspective. So I think she played the right tone when she's saying. Look, you know, yes, uh, I was there for my husband. We, we, we were a team, but I'm also going to bring my own legacy. I'm also going to bring my own vision. I also bring my own experience, and I think that's going to serve her well. So she will have the benefit of, of course, the Cummings name, that's not, but she also has the benefit of bringing her own ideas and being from a new generation. Uh, Malik, we know Republicans, they got no shot in this district. I'm glad to see that Kimberly is running. I think that that for any candidate, whether, you know, I'm all for black candidates running all around the country. So despite the criticism that Kimberly may get, I'm glad that she's running. Right, as but she ain't got a shot. Good. And, she uh, run. Well, a lot of cool, people Kimberly who, run. well, neither, yeah. the, neither like does Kamala run, Harris run. or Cory Booker. No, 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 hold on, hold on, stop, stop, stop. But they're running. Hold on, stop, 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 stop. I said neither of them, but they're running. Hold on, let's be real clear. There's a difference between somebody running for a Democratic nomination and then somebody who is running in an overwhelming, I mean, like, not even no, close Democratic district. I mean, th 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 that's sort of like saying uh, if you're running in a district, uh, if, if, you, if you're a Democrat running for Congress in Mo Brooks' seat in Alabama, <laughs> well, my, you ain't got no shot in that deep red my seat. My point is, is to reiterate that I'm glad that Kimberly is running and she's not waiting for someone to tell her that she can run. All right, I'm about, that's, that's fine. Dr. Rocky Moore. I actually, now, it wasn't until probably last year that I realized she was actually married to um, Elijah Cummings because I, she had never used the name and I, I had always I, associated her credit, the Rocky Moore to her so she definitely can run her own on merit. What I'm interested in seeing about the race is what the Democratic Party does because if we remember when it was, who was that, Ben Carton, you know, Kwasi Fumi ran against Ben Carton mm -hmm. in 2000 four, six, I can't remember what it was. And he did not have the backing of the Democratic Party. They went with Ben Cardin. So okay, I'm interested hold on, hold on, in... Let's, let's go back. First of all, he was running for a United States Senate seat right. against Ben Cardin. Uh, that, that's, that, that's one. Yeah. Uh, two, you had an incumbent. So just like you had... Just, that's, that's he no wasn't shot. an incumbent. No, no. Just like you had, just like you had in the case of uh, in Massachusetts, well, you had CBC members who actually supported the incumbent, even though Yana Presley was running against him. So it's, it's, it's no surprise you have that. I doubt very seriously you're going to see... For, first of all, 
you're probably going to see anywhere from seven to ten people running. Yeah, the party can't get and involved. So, right. hell, I, 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 I mean, I doubt, I, I don't think you're going to see any party involved. I think what you're going to see is what then happens in terms of if there's a particular runoff. I got to pull up, Jason, I don't know if you, if you know the rules there. Some places, whoever gets the most votes uh, wins, or if there's actually a runoff there. But so I doubt very soon any party gets involved uh, in this primary. Well, I don't mean the Democratic Party as the institution of the party. I mean the Democratic voters. Like Kwasi and well, personally, I don't think Kwasi and Fume has a shot. Well, and, 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 and many people like you felt mm, that the last time. I wouldn't say, would say that. I wouldn't say that. And he not, did not, not in win. today's day and age. Maybe, maybe. No, I wouldn't well, say that. And I don't and think the reason, that's why. Has, that's why I brought up Kwasi and Fume running against Ben Cardin in 2004 or 6. And got a shot. No, no, he definitely has a shot. Kelly, go ahead. Wait, 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 Kelly, wait, Kelly, then Jason. What people forget about Baltimore is Baltimore votes based on who they know. And it almost doesn't matter what their record is. They will vote for who they know. That's why you have a lot of main uh, names in Baltimore politics that have been there since what feels like the dawn of time, who have a plethora of things that are controversial about them, but they're still in office. Why? Because Baltimore, local to me, man. it's local politics. Yeah. And Baltimore is really, if you think about it, just a small town mm -hmm. that's big. Yeah. And that's how they treat their politics as well. So with the, with the uh, Cummings name, definitely it'll help her. But again, people don't know her as Cummings. They right. know her as Rocky Moore. Right. So, so that, that's going I, to be a so, Jason, why do you well. say I, drama around him, why he has no shot? Yeah, I, I just don't... I think... Uh, no, his, based his, on what? His, his profile was much higher uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago. His profile is not very high anymore. I but disagree. I, I also disagree... from 10, 15 years ago. Those no, are the people I, who are going to be voting. And I also, I also disagree uh, what you said about Baltimore just votes who they know. I, I disagree with that. I think, you know, if that were the case, Sheila Dixon would have won the mayor... The mayor's election. Also, you have to remember the seventh district. Also, no, oh, 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 wait, 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 she was running against yes, a state you. senator. Yeah. But she was running against somebody who was also well-known. Those are yeah, two she huge wasn't, names She wasn't well-known in the city like Sheila Dixon. What are you talking about? Sheila Dixon's name was far What are you talking about? And out of Dixon and the person who beat her, which one had to resign for using uh, gift cards? Yeah, well, who, Catherine Pugh ended up having to resign, too. That's right, but my point is, to act like Catherine Pugh was not known, no, you had two no, well-known figures. Somebody. I was okay, I'm not saying not she's nobody. Okay, I'm but, but Bob her Lyle... profile was not nearly as large as, as Sheila Dixon in the city. Now, can I just say... I think, no, I you, think you, you finished. <laughs> no, well, I was just going to say, in terms of... <laughs> uh, in terms of... Um, um, all right, now, I forgot so, what I was going to say. Go ahead. So what I was getting <laughs> ready to Move say on. is that I think that Infume has a better chance winning the congressional seat because of what you were saying about local politics. I don't, I don't think he's going to win, oh. but I think that he has a better shot right. at winning than he did the Senate seat, right. which oh, well, was... Yeah, 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 well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the names yeah, that yeah. I've yeah, been seeing popping up on, you know... Baltimore's news and other people that I know who are in Baltimore politics, like those names are strong in Baltimore City. So you got Jill Carter, you got Infume, you've got now Rocky Moore Cummings, and there's a couple others. Like those are strong names. Just because we in DC don't know those names does not mean that they do not carry weight in Baltimore. Oh, so you no, have to keep I that in mind. Look, he, he, we, we also have to remember he, that he, that's here's, part of Howard County, he, part of Baltimore he, County. Exactly. It's not just Baltimore City. Here's what, here's again, 
what you're going to find. You're going to find a race with a number of people who are running. You're going to have all different kind of factors coming in. You're going to have a factor coming in in terms of Maya Rockamore, in terms of in terms of her age, in terms of her gender. You're going to have the case of Mfume, who's 71 years old. Folks are going to say, hey, do we need younger leadership? That particular position, you're going to have a question in terms of, yes, public policy experience. Again, you know, all of that. But here's the other thing. I'm hearing out of Baltimore that Nick Mosby is looking at yes. that seat. Yeah. That Marilyn Mosby is looking at that seat. Okay. There are other people who look at So, again, you're going to have, look, the bottom line is this here. In a, in, in a place like Baltimore, um, uh, you're going to have, uh, for a congressional seat, a lot of people angling for those. Remember, remember, um, Cummings could have easily won that United States Senate seat. Mm -hmm. And many of us, he could have easily won. He was blown, I mean, he was way ahead in the polls. Well, and but see, now that we know, obviously, with his illness, because when he didn't run, I remember talking to him backstage at CBC, I think it was in 20, I forgot the 2014 or 15, one of those years when I was moderating the town hall, when he was, uh, and I was like, Dude, okay, the reason you giving me for why you're not running ain't making no sense to me. I mean, it just made no sense, mm -hmm. okay? Right, right, right. And, and, and he kept his health issues very close to the vest. Cool. Now we understand that was, a, that, that was the reason why he did not run for the United States Senate, right. okay? Uh, but, again, I think it's going to be a fascinating race, yeah. and so we will certainly be watching it. And then now we'll see who else uh, jumps into the race uh, as well. So trust me, there'll be more names who are coming in. All right, folks, got to go to a break. We come back now. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, HBCU rally taking place uh, in Maryland tomorrow. Also, we'll be dealing with, uh, of course, uh, impeachment. The public hearings starting. Don't you know Republicans are not happy to have to go through this? They're going to have to defend the lying Trump administration. That's next on Rollermart Unfiltered. You want to check out Rollermart Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, You'll know it. Hey, folks, as the momentum around marijuana grows around the country, uh, the folks at MarijuanaStock.org have already reached more than half of their funding goal for their hemp CBD investment. That's right. If you want to take advantage of this great opportunity, you need to do it now because it won't last much longer. If you don't know, I'm talking about the hemp plant, the good cousin to marijuana, with a much higher concentration of CBD. That means hemp gives you all the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Also, if you don't know, hemp farming is now legal in the United States, creating one of the largest commodities worldwide. Folks, it's an incredible investment opportunity, and that's where the folks at 420 Real Estate come in. Their business model is simple. They buy land that supports hemp CBD grow operations and lease it to high-paying tenants. That's right. They are hemp CBD landlords. And you can get in on the action. Of course, as hemp continues to change the economic landscape, 420 Real Estate is allowing you to chase the American dream. The best part is right now you can invest in this crowdfunding campaign for as little as 200 bucks. That's right, 200 bucks up to $10,000. Do, do it now before the fund is closed. To invest, go to MarijuanaStock.org. That's MarijuanaStock.org. Get in the game and get in the game now. 
Folks, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals handed down an order just past noon Tuesday giving Rodney Reed's attorney and three judges involved in the case the opportunity to issue written responses to motions Reed's legal team filed. Attorneys from the Innocence Project say Harris County DA Judge Doug Shaver had no judicial authority over the case when he signed the execution order in July of this year. Now, Reed is scheduled to be executed next week, next Wednesday, for the murder of Stacy Stites in Bastrop more than 20 years ago. We'll certainly keep you updated uh, on this case. All right, folks, let's also go to the story uh, out of the Bay Area. Yesterday, we told you about the black man who was waiting to catch a train to work, and he was handcuffed and cited for eating a breakfast sandwich on the train station platform in California. Well, the backlash prompted the Bay Area Rapid Transit General Manager Bob Powers to issue an apology, saying that while the officer who stopped and detained the man was doing his job, he was disappointed with how the situation unfolded. Now, do we have the video? We have the video. Go ahead and roll it. Uh, because for many of you may not have seen the video, uh, it actually makes no sense whatsoever as this brother was detained. I mean, it, it was, and it was really good on panel here. I'm going to pull the video up in a second. It was really silly, the fact that, okay, yes, if you got a rule, tell you, look, you can't eat on, eat on train stations. Okay, got it. But, but essentially, he rolled up on the dude and created a much larger situation. It was harassment. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's no ifs, ands, and... So, so there's some people who haven't seen this. So go ahead and roll a video. Uh, so, uh, so then we'll talk about it. Bro, you are detained and you're that not free to go. go. That's part of that go, bro. You come up here and fuck with me. You single me out out of all these people. You're eating. Bro, so what? It's a violation of California law. Bruh, I have the right back? to detain you. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Can you please let my backpack go. Are you going to cooperate? Yeah, we're. Can you cooperate and leave me this fucking alone? You're going to jail. I'm not going to jail for eating a fucking sandwich. No, for resisting arrest. I'm not resisting arrest. You are resisting arrest. I haven't done anything right wrong. I haven't done nothing wrong. I've done nothing wrong. I've done nothing wrong. Let my bag go. Just what? Let my bag go, bro. What are you, bro? What is this nigga doing, yeah, bro? Let my bag go. Yeah, we got you Bro, bring him up here then. Stop. Just I'm not stop. doing nothing. I'm gonna continue my sandwich, bro. I do this shit every fucking morning. Every morning, bro. Let my bag go. Yeah, why is there a store downstairs selling food if we're not allowed to eat up here? And does it not say on, there's no signs here that mark that we can't eat on the platform. Where, where is there a sign up here that says we can't eat on the platform? Where is there a sign up here? Where is there a sign up here? Sir, excuse me. Where is a sign up here that says that we can't eat on the platform? We know that we can't eat on the train. People come up here and eat every fucking day, drinking coffee and all that shit. Let my bag go, bro. You ain't got no, bro, you ain't got no, bro, you ain't got no reasonable cause to fuck with me. chance you could allow me to talk. Bro, let go of my bag. You are detained and you're not free to go. I'm not okay, detained. I haven't done nothing wrong. wrong. I've done nothing wrong. Stop. You are detained. Stop. 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 You're under jail. To go for what? Detained for what? For eating. Oh. It's illegal. Oh. Fuck it. Violation of California Stop. law. Gordy said that. Mmm. Yeah. Mmm. I do this every morning, bro. Yeah. Watch out. Just trying to go to work. Just trying morning. to go to work, eating, eating a sandwich coffee, at 8 o'clock in the morning. Bro, let my bag go. Okay, now here's what was crazy. The woman says, show me the sign. An officer, all of a sudden, uh, like, again, this this is a perfect example of how police officers must learn how to de-escalate. Yes. That's a simple conversation, sir. I just want you to understand. 
I'm not, I'm not gonna, nothing's gonna happen, but you can't eat on the train. Yeah. If you can't even, if, if you can't eat even on the platform, it's a way you approach that. But far too many officers in situations like this here, they know their power, they know the law, they know the moment you say no or you pull up, you're being detained. He tried to say he was resisting. They, they, that's the go-to line every time a cop yep. does something, Kelly. Every time. It just makes absolutely no sense to me. And I keep saying this on your show, but it I have to reiterate it every time I see a video like this. If you cannot be in a client-facing job such that you have to treat everyone a certain way equally and equitably, you shouldn't have that job. Like, this person wasn't doing anything. There were no signs saying don't eat. It doesn't make sense to say don't eat on the platform. It makes sense to say don't eat on the train. And there are receptacles around. Like, I've been to a station like that. I've been in the Bay Area. And there are receptacles for trash when you eat. And you throw it away and you get on the train. I don't understand why that early in the morning this man just felt like, oh, let me just grab this man's bag and hold him up from eating breakfast yeah. well, on his way to work. Yeah. Well, I can easily tell you why, because there's a culture in this country that's been going on for about 30 or 40 years that has given so much power to police officers yeah. that has taken away individual powers to people. And I respect officers and the job they have to do. However, you know, it's been such that, you know, officers are allowed to just assume you're doing something wrong. Like, Honestly, said, you know, you don't have any reasonable suspicion. He doesn't even need it anymore because mm -hmm. Supreme Court, conservative Supreme Court justices, I should say, have pulled back all the rights of the Fourth Amendment, you might, the, which means that you're supposed to be free from unreasonable search and seizures. I think you eating there has nothing, has no valid reason for you to be pulled over to say you were doing something major other than eating. But in this country right now, officers can do what's called a pretext, meaning you can make up any other reason. There's a, you can, everybody can, is going to violate some law at some point because there's mm -hmm. thousands of them everywhere. And so, an officer can just pick from one and just say you were doing that, resisting arrest, and then find reason to arrest you. You know, we have a problem. We're not, you know, we don't believe in freedom in this country for all people, particularly when it comes to people of color. Because yep. otherwise, the Fourth Amendment would apply equally. I guarantee you, Roland, if, if, this was, if the law was being applied this way in the richest neighborhoods in the, in the country that weren't, that weren't neighborhoods right. of color, Fourth You're Amendment right. would be upheld completely. It, it, it would be there. But since it's being done to black and brown communities, People are just okay with it. It's just basic. And first of all, look, the apologies because they know they look like some damn fools. Absolutely. You, you can't detain somebody for a sandwich. Like, he, he didn't, you know, suspect that there was a gun. He didn't, you know, it was over a sandwich. That's an easy conversation, like you stated. Walk up to the guy, say, look, in the future, please don't, you know, please don't eat on the platform, you know, and they'll say, where's the sign? Be like, look, you know... I, I'm just the guy who, who uh, enforces certain things. Maybe go back and talk to your superiors about putting a sign up. Because to me, that doesn't make any sense that that's a rule and, and you can't it's, see that it's a rule. Again, I, I would have eaten pure, there. I would have BS. I would have yeah. nibbled on the train. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, these are things, if I can't do it, you need to make me aware. But at the end of the day, you simply can just say, hey, just want to give you, give you a warning. Yeah. You yeah. can't eat on the train. Can't eat on the platform. Is there no drink? You don't. Like, a, honestly, can you drink a go, coffee? Go, go. So, the, to just a couple of points, it's probably illegal to drink or have food, eat food within the system. I know that's the case here in DC. But, 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 to, the, not, but to the woman's point, no, on I'm, the platform, gonna, does I'm it mean platform in the station, gonna, on I'm the train? 
I think I think in DC it's throughout the entire system. Even if you're on the platform, if you're on the train, I think it's illegal. What he did, what the officer did, he did he did what he did because he could. And it was harassment. Now, I've seen, I'm sure they've seen many people before eat things on the train. You know, he didn't have to detain him. And then the look of him holding his bag, you know, it's like something like a child yeah. almost. Yeah. He's right. sitting holding his bag where he's saying, no, dude, bro, get And then, the bag. then exp uh, exp uh, explain to the judge. Explain to the judge. Right. It's like, yeah. yeah. Dude, and, come and, on, and they're going to laugh come that on. off. And, and it could have even worse. Look, the Sandra Bland case was, another, was, was an example of this, but it, take, it was taken to another level. Yes. She did nothing but what? She turned her signal no, and slowed no, down. No, no, she slowed no, down. No, and actually, okay. that didn't happen. Right. That didn't happen. He followed her, waiting, waiting for, for her to her do, do something. something. Exactly. And because he was behind her for such a long period of time, yes. she got over, and he claimed correct, correct. illegal lane But change. the point is that, the point is well mm -hmm. stated, but, like, they can make up any reasons. The yes. point here, yeah. and, and this is why I want to tell right. you, it's really important to understand why it's important to vote in elections, why Supreme Court justices matter, because mm -hmm. these rulings have pulled it back Precisely. where police have so much power right. that it doesn't matter. So people need to know this is why it matters. Don't tell me it doesn't vote. Uh, uh, don't tell me your vote doesn't matter. These all right, y'all. Tomorrow is the beginning of the first public hearings in the House impeachment inquiry of Donald Trump. Now, of course, all this started really with that phone call to Ukraine where Donald Trump claims it was, it was, a, it was a perfect. It, it was a perfect call. It was perfect. But then we have a whistleblower who says, no, Donald Trump literally asked a foreign government to investigate a political rival. Republicans have tried their best uh, to uh, cut this down. Uh, they, they've called it crazy. They've called it outlandish. They've called it made up. They've called it a coup. Now their new defense is, okay, yeah, it was quid pro quo, but he, because he wasn't smart enough to follow through with it, it really didn't happen. I don't really know how that one's going to fly. Now we got the Roger Stone case out of uh, out of uh, Florida where we now know that one of the Trump uh, got one of the Trump folks testified that yes, that Roger Stone gave the Trump people a heads up about WikiLeaks uh, doing an email dump as well. Ooh, so many things just coming out. And then Trump has been on a tirade on social media, uh, angered by all of this, by trying to blast Adam Schiff. And Republicans say, well, no, Schiff should testify Hunter Biden should testify. Really, y'all? Joining us right now is Congresswoman Karen Bass. She's a California chair of the Congressional Black Caucus. Uh, Congresswoman, uh, clearly uh, having these public uh, hearings, the public will now actually get to hear testimony that, no. that has been happening behind closed doors. How critical is that? Well, I think it's going to be very, very significant. You know, I have... Uh, seen the testimony of a, a several of these witnesses in the classified hearing room. And, you know, we had to do it that way first because we didn't want people matching their testimony and all of that like a grand jury. Uh, and so for people to hear from their mouths, now all the information is out there, so it's not like you're going to hear something tomorrow that's going to be shocking. But to see this man whose uh, career is impeccable, to hear essentially him saying, in all the years that I have been in the military, been in foreign service, no one has ever asked that military aid be withheld from a country at war, under attack, while a president takes care of my campaign in the future. And you know what I think is so different, Roland, is that the Mueller report is about what Trump did in the past. 
the Ukraine incident and everything that's happening now is about the president trying to throw the next election. So it's about his criminal acti activity in process. And that is profoundly different than uh, what we had been looking at before. You have folks like Congressman Mark Meadows that they plan to try to scuttle as much of this as possible. You have Congressman Jim Jordan who, has to, who needs to be answering for his own involvement or knowledge when it comes to uh, sexual allegations coming out of Ohio involving a wrestling team he was a coach of. You know, uh, they, they're trying to throw as much uh, dirt on this as possible, but they've also been lying. Uh, you've had folks like uh, Matt Getz, who's been running out there, congressman saying from Florida, saying, oh, Republicans uh, have been denied an opportunity. They, they haven't had any due process, but they've been in the room. They've actually been asking questions. And, but you know what? Their questions have been really interesting because they really don't have anything to say. I mean, I stayed there and watched their questioning, and I thought they were going to try to tear apart the witnesses' uh, testimony, and they really didn't. So they were asking questions more about the process. They don't have anything to say substantively. The thing that the Republicans do, like you just said a minute ago, is that they lie and they will adopt whatever language you're using. So if you say the president robbed a bank, well, they'll say, well, Biden robbed a bank. And so everything becomes equal. But there is no equality here in terms of anything you think Biden might have done versus what Trump was doing. I mean, Trump essentially tried to bribe a president. He tried to bribe a president by saying, unless you go public, and he was specific, you got to get on CNN, and you have to tell the CNN audience that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden were involved in corruption, and I am going to initiate an investigation. That's what they told the president he had to do in order to save his people who were under military attack. But then they say, well, you know what? Barack Obama wouldn't give him the weapons. Barack Obama held the weapons back. So everything becomes equal. And, and that's the confusion that they spread. And because they have a TV network that helps spread that confusion, people uh, become very confused, which is why that's another reason why it's so important that these witnesses are coming forward tomorrow. And, you know, given that I, I work uh, overseas a lot, you know that, Roland, um, I think people in the State Department, they've had enough. They're tired of being disrespected. They're tired of being maligned. And they've just decided they haven't, they've had enough. They're not going to just sit in silence. They're going to tell what they know. So the testimony tomorrow and the testimony Friday is going to be extremely important. All right, Congresswoman Karen Bass, we certainly appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, let's go to the panel. Melek, your boy's got some explaining to do. <laughs> Well, I, let's be honest here. Um, I, since I've been following politics, and probably I'm sure it's the case for all of us here, I've yet to see an instance where the opposing party, the party on the other side, if you will, um, have been supportive, have been, um, haven't had questions, have felt, haven't felt that the process was fair or anything. I'm sorry, so what process? The, pro this pro the process that you were, that the um, congresswoman was just talking about. I'm sorry, about. you mean the impeachment process? The, in the impeachment It's process. only happened three times in history. Well, but we've had hearings before. No, 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 no. But, but, we're, no, 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 but no, still, no, we're still no, talking no, about a hearing. No, 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 hold up, hold up. There's a difference between, first of all, there are hearings every day. Right. First of all, as part of Congress's job, right. all the committees have hearings. Right. There's a difference between hearings and an impeachment hearing. You're talking about Andrew Johnson, 
You're talking about Richard Nixon. Bill. You're talking about Bill Clinton. Okay. So, three. So yeah. there have been three impeachment hearings in the history of the country. Right. So, rolling... so an impeachment hearing is at a whole I different agree. level. So this is not like a hearing on climate change. Well, that's what we've been told, though. No, we haven't. But, well, that's what you've been told. But no, that's not. That's, <laughs> that's what literally who's, who, I'm sorry, who's we? we? Democrats, told, told what? Democrats, since this has been going on, and the Republicans have been complaining about the process, Democrats have talked about that they followed the same process that has existed for every other hearing. No, not, no, not no, 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 actually, actually... Democrats have said actually, that they followed actually, the no, same actually, process. No, 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 but the current rules in terms of yeah. hearings... Right. Of course, secret hearings, okay, uh -huh. like this, like in this case here. Mm -hmm. The rules were written by Republicans. Yeah. So Republicans are now complaining about the very rules that they wrote. Well, of course they are. I mean, that's what I'm. But which which goes well, to my well, which goes to my well, point that I was saying the what, notion that somehow so they hypocritical. That's, well, well, sure they are. But here's the whole. But, but that's but not here, something but, that's uncommon. No, 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 no. First, first of all, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't waste my time with the bullshit process. Okay, because the bullshit process conversation is bullshit for a reason. Okay, well, no, 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 it's not. Yes, because, it is. No, 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 no. See, here's the deal: when you go to the bullshit process uh, defense, that yeah. means you have none. The question here is for your party: mm -hmm. what are you going to do when you have Trump loyalists who are going to go before the hearing publicly and say, "Yes, this happened. Yes." It was a problem. And on the other hand, you've got Trump saying, read the transcript. And first of all, it's not the actual transcript. It was notes from a transcript. So how, do you, how are you going to defend him lying, saying this happened, when you're going to have witnesses who were on the call say, mm, that didn't happen. This would really happen. He did say. You now have the Department of Defense testifying yeah. that they were told don't release the money until this happens. Mm -hmm. Well, two points. Um, I don't know if everyone who's testified are actual Trump loyalists. I know they work in the administration. I'm sorry. But it, I don't know. But I don't know. If you if you are an ambassador and you gave a million dollars and then you appointed the ambassador, you're a Trump loyalist. Well, I mean, well, that's okay. Well, that's your version of it. But on the <laughs> second, oh, but on, but that's on my the, version of it, but, right? Uh, hold on. But I don't on, know anybody hey, who hey, drops hey, a cool yeah. million just the, for the hell of it. But on the second point, point that I was, almost that all I was, of them are Trump loyalists. But, they're appointed. They're appointed by Trump. They're appointed. I'm allowed to actually finish my point. Go ahead. Go ahead. What I was saying is, is on the second point, the notes that people have been criticizing, which is ironic. You know, we're talking about hypocrisy. The notes that people have been criticizing, there were a compilation from four different people who had access to the conversation, and then what they do, they they pull their notes together, and then they come out with a transcript. It is the very same process that has existed well before Donald Trump. So, yeah. my point when I'm talking about hypocrisy, this is well, what I mean. It's the same well, process. Uh, but people are saying no, that, but no, people are saying no, that, no, no, oh, well, no, no, no this no, is different no, no, because no, 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 they, Melly, it's Melly. not the full Melly, transcript. The difference, well, it never has the been. difference here is the guy who was on the call is lying about the call. Well, Rob, that, but the, but that, the person Kelly, on the other side Kelly, of the that, call Kelly, the real deal is here, Kelly. No Kelly, the real deal is here. The dude who made the call is lying. And he's no, lying. And I mean, first well, of all, well, and the dude, the dude who made the call is a known liar who's lied about a whole lot over and over and over again. So he don't get the benefit of the doubt 
when you've been lying your ass well, off for Trump almost three years. years. Kelly, go ahead. Well, I mean, you're right in, in that regard, but to uh, the congressman, Congresswoman Bass's point about how the Republicans are trying to equate the process of hearings passed with an impeachment inquiry, I feel like you just kind of said exactly what her point is. You're trying to make this an even playing field in terms of what's about to happen tomorrow versus what has happened in the past. But the fact of the matter is what's going to happen tomorrow, while it may look that way, you know, just on its face, it's not going to be what has happened in the past because this has never happened before. So that was the congresswoman's point. It's like a hearing is not just a hearing. It's not like a hearing is a hearing is a hearing. No. Every hearing has a different context. Every hearing has a different purpose. And right now, we are in a hearing, uh, in a situation where this hearing is going to, frankly, be unprecedented. So we can't, you know, look to history, unfortunately. But that's what Democrats but, have been Rob, doing. Go but, ahead, but, Rob, go ahead. Rob, go ahead. Rob, go ahead. Look, look, look very quickly. So couple points. Number one, uh, this line is not a normal type of line. Trump, and Trump world line, it's nighttime right now, and Tr Trump will tell you it's sunny outside, and everybody says it's sunny, it's sunny, it's sunny. Like, it's no there's And no the whole foundation. Republican Party will fall in line Everybody, everybody No, no, really. It's, it's, it's sunny. It is. It's, Rob, go ahead. And, and, no, they Don't won't. Do I, I, I say all no, the party won't. No, they won't. Oh, oh hell, man. There, that's, there that's, are cowards that's, right that's now in the Republican Party. There are cowards and traitors. There is not... We have never seen a case where you have a president that is basically extorted, committed bribery and I think committed treason. We have we have not we have not seen that we have not seen that happen. We have to go through a process to lock him up and to make what? sure he goes that, that he he's held we did. that he held that he's held accountable. Lock him up. And listen, he is treasonous. Like he's he he's he extorted this money. He tried to extort this money in order that. to advance his interests. And the reason why Americans and everybody needs to be worried is because he can do that to you. He can do that to you. He can do that to you. And if you, and if everybody says well, that's okay, and look, no, they can't. They, everybody, everybody, everybody's not the president. Everybody hasn't done anything. Yes, Jason, here's a wrap. First, first of all, you want to wait? Rob, 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 Rob. That's a side show. He wants you to chase that. No, no, no. That's a side. No, no. Melik, your argument, your argument is a side show, and you want us to chase the rabbit down the foxhole. We not. Jason, here's the whole deal. Jason, here's the whole deal. Jason, here's the whole deal. What it boils down to. What it boils down to is here, Jason. If if Trump didn't lie. If Trump did not say to Ukraine, investigate Joe Biden, my political rival, we're not at this point. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, he did. And he has... He, we know for a fact, he lied. What about... Oh, no, I didn't want to fire James Comey. You lied. <laughs> he lied when he said, no, I didn't order my White House counsel to fire him. He lied. He asked Corey Lewandowski... To deliver the message. He has lied repeatedly. He's lied what about he did, lying. What he did was, what he did about here lying. was, yeah. he kept pushing the envelope. And the problem here was, it got reported. Now the New York Times is reporting that Donald Trump has had conversations because he now wants to fire the CIA Inspector General who reported the whistleblower's complaint. Why? Because he does it. He wants payback to anybody who dared to do what's right. You know, it's it's scary, actually. I think that's one of the scariest things. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've seen, if, if you've been following any of the right-wing people on Twitter, they've been trying to out the whistleblower. They've uh, been saying who he is and, and all these kinds of things, knowing that he will get death threats and, mm -hmm. and that, you know, his safety and his family... Uh, will be in danger and that there are rules and laws that, that protect whistleblowers. 
Um, this is a really scary thing, and Donald Trump, even though he's not a gangster, he's a guy who was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, what? he's acting like a gangster. He's the most dangerous kind of person. I would venture to say you know, that he's a gangster. No, I, I don't, I, you know, I, <laughs> I would venture I think, to say that if you knew, like, the yeah, history of how one, he got his money, like, how his he's, father... He's, he's Fredo Corleone, he's not Michael. I mean, you but, know, he's, he's, but like Fredo was a gangster. He was a bad one, again. but he was still a gangster. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. This is, like, a liberal Dan. No, 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 actually, what it is is... No, what it is is... People, people here, Malik, have actually read the Constitution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People here, well, I have pe too. people here. I have too. Well, guess what? Clearly, Trump has it. Well, and people here, and people here done, understand I've read the what the rule of law is. And your party loves talking about the other rule of law, but then they want to ignore the rule of law when it benefits. But so but since you want to speak, but no, but see, Jason, 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 we're not talking about a lot of No, no, Jason, that's called chasing that rabbit hole. That's all it is. And guess what? It ain't gonna happen. But I do want to bring this up, y'all. I do want to bring this up. Leading up to the 2016 election, White House senior policy advisor Stephen Miller promoted well, white nationalist literature, pushed racist immigration stories, <laughs> and I've said I'm done with that damn story, Malik. I'm doing something else. So stop well, talking I, about the other story. Well, so here we go. Child, you no, well, like actually, on the TV show, when you're discussing okay, the next show story, child, you, you finish talking well, about the other I'm story. Child, but we talked to Stephen Miller, y'all, promoted white nationalist literature, pushed racist immigration stories, and I'm obsessed over the loss of Confederate symbols after Dylan Roof's murderous rampage, according to leaked emails reviewed by Hate Watch. The emails, which Miller sent to the conservative website Breitbart News in 2015-2016, showcased the extremist anti-immigrant ideology that he has helped create as an architect of Donald Trump's presidency. Do y'all recall this discussion last week? No. <laughs> <laughs> Explain who Stephen Miller is. Stephen Miller works in the White House. He's the person who's actually crafting the immigration policy for President Trump. Hold up, hold up, no, hold up, not just immigration. Oh, yeah, not just immigration. So if you're going to ask me I mean, why I don't put them in the same box, I don't, I've never liked anything about Richard Spencer. I've never liked anything about Milo. You can disagree with some policies that Stephen Miller is advocating while he's in the White House, but from my perspective, Stephen Miller is not that racist, is not that white supremacist. So, in, have, you, have you taken so a look at what's going on on the border? Stephen Miller yeah, on doing but this. What, 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 what's the racist policy that you're talking about oh, on the border? Oh, boy, we don't have time for but that. But that's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> saying, if you're going to ask we really, me why we, I don't put them in the same bag, I'm giving you, I'm saying, I'm saying you do, can do disagree we really with, need to go you through the whole But you can disagree with policies that are going going on at the border without calling someone separating families a, a, without and all that. but 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 how is that racist though I'm about to sip some tea uh, again, oh, I I'm sipping some tea <laughs> marijuana again according to leaked emails White House senior policy advisor Stephen Miller the same one we're discussing right there promoted white nationalist literature pushed racist immigration stories and obsessed over the loss of Confederate symbols after Dylan Roof killed nine black people in a church in South Carolina. The emails also show Stephen Miller with extremist anti-immigrant ideology in the emails. Melick, what you got to say now? 
Well, as I said last week, and I'll say again today, I draw a distinction when we're talking about actual policy. I think we just saw the clip, and the question was, well, is the border family separation, is that a racist Is policy? Stephen Miller white supremacist? And Stephen Miller has to answer for it. No, I'm asking you. Stephen Yo, you Miller. No, Jason, no, Jason. I'm asking you. you is Stephen Miller white supremacist? Well, I, 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 don't, I don't classify him as a white supremacist. So, what, so, Stephen, what, so how the hell do you classify these emails? Stephen Miller was pitching stories to Breitbart or whatever. Um, it's Breitbart. That, it's Breitbart. Stephen, Miller's, Stephen Miller was pe pitching stories to Breitbart. That's something that he has to answer for himself. No, I'm asking... That's... No, no, I'm asking you. No, if, I if... no, I don't think that Stephen Miller is a white supremacist. So no, what is he? No, I don't think that Stephen... What is he? Well, I... I don't know what he is, but I don't think he's a white supremacist. If we're talking about actual policy, is he racist? No, 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 hold up. I, no. I, 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 okay, I... Let, let me read again, just in case you missed it. He promoted white nationalist literature. He sent, he sent he around pushed white nationalist racist literature. immigration stories. Mm -hmm. And obsess over the loss of Confederate symbols after Dylan Roof killed nine black people. Well, well, so now, I, with that, how would you classify Stephen Miller? As someone ignorant, as someone did some stupid things. Um, Jason, go ahead, Jason. Jason, go ahead. Jason, go ahead. I mean, if you if you looked at the, you know, the Southern Poverty Law Center and, and the stuff that came out, and a woman who is now uh, rejecting her past racism is saying who was it who a, a self-described white nationalist absolutely go ahead she was simpatico with uh stephen miller she says that stephen miller was a racist and is a racist that his policy was based on uh things that he read from you know that were uh anti uh muslim that were uh anti uh immigrant things that were based on Mein Kampf. All these things are actually how he's shaping his policy and, and reflected in his worldview. And I understand... I, listen, I understand you want to protect the image of, of your party. I, I get that. What, what, but but what, why... You understand something that's but, not true. Wait, wait, but wait, wait, last, wait. last week, OK, so I don't know who you want to protect then, but, but last week you were pretty sure that you were saying, I don't think Stephen Miller is a racist. And, and I repeated that today. And and that's problematic and when you have the evidence. Well, well I, I just like, say, like, so I, I don't get it. I just say, like, very quickly, like, so the issue I find is that racists get more offended with being called racist than racist behavior. Like, they, they, they're okay with the racist behavior, but they get offended when you call them racist. Own it. Like, this is racist. When you treat people and, and you dehumanize them as racist, when President Trump came out and when that woman was killed in Charlottesville to say, both sides are equal when one's the KKK, the other one's protesting hate. That's racist. But that's when, not when, 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 that's not, when, that's not what when he, he said, that's exactly what he said. But, it's, and, it's and, and, then, and then when he came out, that's what when the, the people from Bahamas characterized. Can, can I go ahead and read this? For, cause just go, in go case, ahead. just in go case Melek is still go ahead. confused. Yeah. Go to my iPad. Stephen Miller's name also has appeared on American Renaissance as an author. On July 19, 2005, the white nationalist website republished a piece he wrote for the right-wing online publication Front Page Magazine called Santa Monica's Highest Multicultural Fistfights Regarding His High School Alma Mater. American Renaissance commonly republishes stories from other publications that fit into its racist agenda. Hate Watch reached out to American Renaissance for a comment twice about Miller's post, how Miller's post came to appear on his website but did not receive any reply. In the article, Miller blames the left for a variety of problems in the nation's schools, including excusing black and Hispanic misbehavior by holding those students to a lower standard. 
So, Melik, if he has got some work that's being run on a white nationalist website, mm -hmm. what makes it so appealing to a white nationalist website? So is it what? I've never, I've was never that, read it. I don't uh, know. Oh, you, you, you never. So why would I go to a white nationalist website? But, but the fact that so, so you don't think that if somebody has something, yeah, right, that's has the problem. No, Stephen but if Miller. somebody has written something, but you still say he's not a white nationalist. Country. It's not a problem. But it, it, no, 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 no. Ask my question. If it's, is it? Is it? He's do you oh, it's a problem. policy. But you haven't been able to link that white supremacy, that oh, racism. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. You read the same Malik. thing I did. Malik. It's in so the you're, you're, the not, you're not going to be able to convince me that family separation I know I'm not gonna is be able a to racist policy. Well, of course you're what, not. what about letting kids die? What about letting kids die? What do you mean letting kids die? Kids have when, died. When Wait, United, time out, time, time out. Time out. You're asking a question. Let kids die. It happened. There was a woman, it happened on Mother's Day about a year ago. Her name was Maria. I can't remember the kid's name. They let her, they didn't give. The, they didn't give her. They didn't give her medical help. She died. That's happened several times. Okay, but is that's that a function racist. of Stephen Miller? That's a function. Is that fun that's oh a function, of, function of racism. It's oh my of god! Racism. Wait a minute. So you're saying that that it's the our federal government is purposely killing people and letting people die? Yeah. In order, in, oh, Where in the hell have you been for the past 18 months? I forgot. I forget time and time again that I'm in the seat of. of are, are you saying this didn't? Are you, are, no, are you you're in the seat that's of what, facts. That's, that's it, what it didn't happen. Kelly, go ahead. Kelly, go ahead. Kelly, go ahead. It didn't Kelly, allowing Kelly, go ahead. At the border because well, believe what racist. you want to believe, but we got Kelly, go ahead. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. That's your opinion that it was racist. Kelly, go ahead. Kelly, Kelly, go. What I find interesting here, Malik, is when we saw the video of the police officer with the young man dragging, trying to pull his bag, you straight up said that he was prejudiced and that it was wrong. I didn't say he was prejudiced. I said that he was wrong. Oh, well, that he was wrong. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, he was wrong. You can see that behavior mm -hmm. and you can see that it's wrong. Multiple other videos, I've been on this panel with you, similar stories similar outcomes, you can point out and say, this cop is wrong, or that barbecue Becky is wrong, or that person is doing whatever. Or if the Democrats do something negligent, you're quick to point out that they are negligent, that they are doing something wrong. Stephen Miller has 900 emails mm -hmm. reflecting his racist views, ideologies, and behavior. Mm -hmm. And you still won't say that he's wrong. Well, I know. I, I said that I said that he should be held to account for what he said, in that that he has to. No, answer. I did no, not hear no, you say that. No, I, said I, he I specifically that. asked yeah, you. you like, what's, no, what's racist? No, and I, okay, no, okay. So let me no, ask you a series I, of questions. No, Melek, Melek, do you no. believe any of these nine hundred emails show racism by Stephen Miller? Yes, absolutely. Do you believe that Stephen Miller is a racist? Mm, I, 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 no, wow. I can't say. Wow. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that Stephen Miller is espouting white nationalist, white supremacist points of view? Well, according to what we saw from no, these are not. No, no, these are 900 emails. I'm asking well, you. From according to what we read on the Southern Poverty Law Center website, yes. Okay. He has. So, do you believe that if he is spouting white nationalist, white supremacist views, that he is a white nationalist, white supremacist? 
I don't know. And the reason that I don't know is because I think that it's a much layered discussion than what we have. So if people... So how, how, how so many layers is it? Because when it, we're... It, 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 like, because it, right is, now. is it a two-layer cake, for me, a three-layer cake, for me, a five-layer cake? To, what is it? If I, for me, if I'm going to say that this person is racist, this person is an anti-Semite, this person is homophobic or whatever, because we have that in our own community, I need to be able to attach it to some sort of policy. I'm sorry, you we have believe, what in our community? You got, well, when I not just the black. Community. So you said niggas say racist things, but a lot, they don't prove it in your policy. It's okay. Well, I believe that but, people but can say racist in things the without being racist. I believe that people can say anti-Semitic things, ending and, um, homophobic things without being homophobic. I absolutely. Jason, do. go. Jason, go. So, go, so, go ahead. So go on, low, I go lowering, to lowering the threshold for for uh, refugees, ending TPS for black and brown nations. Not to mention the things that the president has stated and. Family separation for mainly for people coming from brown and black nations, not for people who are coming from European nations. We haven't heard any stories of that. And the and the uh, human health and human services said themselves that this caused lasting damage to these children. And you don't think that there is any kind of racial tie. So someone has to call you a nigger. In order for it to be racist, no. is that is that what you need? No, no, then, no, not at all. But you're not. We're not going to agree that family separation policies is a racist policy. That's your that's your worldview. I get it. I don't agree with it. You're not going to make me agree with it. I, you calling I, white? You calling him a racist? But to the point of the Southern Poverty Law Center, since we're on the discussion of them, you uh, know, they also say that Louis Farrakhan is an anti-Semite. Does everyone on the panel agree with the Southern Poverty Law Center that Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam are anti-Semite? <laughs> anti-Semitic organization. So this, this Does is everybody agree with that? Conversation. Yes. It's not a shutting this down is the, the conversation. This is the, the let's is. talk about Hunter Biden. <laughs> you know, so, I, I didn't get an answer. Yeah, does yeah, everybody yeah. agree that ah, this is ah, This isn't what we're talking... We're talking about Stephen Miller, but, but correct? Does everyone, well, we we talking, talking say, 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 about again. Do you have 900 emails from him saying that stuff? No, no. So again, so again, y'all. So let me... Let me that your community they don't want to talk about not that. your community. Yeah, is it not yours? I can criticize Here's the deal, y'all. You put that case strong. You need to be held Come, come to me, y'all. Here's the deal. If you can produce here's 900 emails Guys, here's the deal. Come to me, please. Come to me. Here's the deal, y'all. Here's the deal for everybody who's watching, okay? Game, recognize game. If you need to deflect, you deflect as fast as possible. When you can't defend the actual topic. Which is why? Now, as somebody who has been in television for quite some time, I've used the trick, so I know what Melik is trying to do. He's tried it all day. The bottom line is this here. He do, he's afraid to criticize Stephen Miller. Because of what? Because I don't know whether he wants to hurt his feelings. I don't know. Uh, or, but, but the reality is this here. If you can't call it what it is, then you're afraid to call it what it is. And the bottom line is this here. We said it last week that Stephen Miller looked up to Richard Spencer, who's a racist, a violent racist. Who's you have 900, you have 900 emails. Miller has condemned You have that. 900 emails, okay, showing this as well. You have an administration that's had many other people who have been in it with ties to white nationalists, white supremacists, and so, and folks have had to be, they've been forced out after they've been exposed. So you have to ask the question, what makes Trump so attractive to like-minded people. This is just part one of the Southern Poverty Law Center's expose on Stephen Miller. There will be more. 
and we will have it for you. Going to break right now. We'll be back. Roland Martin Unfiltered. At break. Knowledge is power, and power is the key to changing things. Writer Jill Nelson. Claflin University's uh, sweater today, Claflin and their new president. They sent me this gear. Come to me, please. So you see me rocking the uh, the, the Claflin sweatshirt. Uh, I was there on their campus uh, when Hillary Clinton was there in 2015 uh, for a town hall there, located in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Founded in 1869, notable graduates, Ernest A. Finney Jr., Cecil Williams, Leo Twiggs, Gloria Blackwell, and more. If you want to support Claflin, go to claflin.edu. It's claflin.edu. And... Something else, something else is important. When you look at all of the HBCUs in America, Claflin has the highest giving of any HBCU. More than 50% of their graduates give back to the university. Wow. That should be wow. every HBCU. That's one of the reasons why, of course, we have HBCU Giving Day. So if you want to support Claflin, uh, go to claflin.edu. Speaking of HBCUs, tomorrow in Annapolis, Maryland, at the, U, at the, at the state capitol, uh, in Maryland. It's going to be a rally at 1 p.m. in support of Maryland's four HBCUs. Faculty representatives from the four Maryland HBCUs, Morgan State University, Coppin State University, University of Maryland Eastern Shore, and Bowie State are, uh, are going to be involved in this rally is to draw attention to the ongoing lawsuit against inequality at HBCUs. Now, here's the deal. They, su- they were sued. The state was sued based upon duplication of programs. What happened was in the 70s, the HBCUs came up with creative majors that were attracting white students and non-black students. And so their numbers began to increase. Well, the predominantly white institutions in Maryland saw that, duplicated those programs, and what happened? Those students left the HBCUs, went to the predominantly white institutions. They sued. A federal judge ruled that that, that, that was indeed happening, called it de jure segregation, and called for the sides to mediate. They've been trying to mediate for almost five or six years. And so uh, the state initially tried to offer 100 million bucks under a Democratic governor. Now you have Larry Hogan, Republican, trying to say, look, his final line in the sand, red line is 200 million. In the testimony during the trial said the HBCU should be given about a billion bucks. The four, the large for the four universities said, you know what? We'll settle for 577 million. Hogan, only wants to offer $200 million. Uh, I was one of the folks uh, who actually was calling for this rally. It made no sense to me, Jason, that in 13 years there was not a rally whatsoever. I put in, I, I put in calls to the Divine Nine uh, fraternities and sororities, talked to uh, the head of the Maryland uh, Black Caucus, and then they said, hey, we agree. And so they're putting this together. Uh, also, NAACP, Urban League, Rebel Sharpness Groups, and others also said uh, they would be involved. Bottom line is, they, you need external pressure to put pressure on the inside. And the reality is if Hogan doesn't, doesn't agree to these terms, I think the Maryland legislature, when they meet in January, a bill is already ready to give them, to, give those, to award those schools $577 million. The money should come out of the budget. Maryland must stand up. And this is where black folks in Maryland need to be challenging the Democratic Party in Maryland. And also challenge to that governor who a lot of black folks in Maryland voted for mm-hmm. to say... You need to be paying up these damn HBCUs, as well as that damn black lieutenant governor in Maryland. Mm-hmm. 
okay, who had the audacity to tell me uh, when I was at an event uh, at National Harbor, I didn't know the facts of the case. No, I know the damn facts. And by the way, you still have refused to come on this show, uh, Rutherford. But uh, it's real interesting because he wants to run for governor. A Howard University graduate not standing up for those HBCUs. Right. You know, I, I think that the only way these things happen is, is grassroots pressure. Uh, politicians speak in a couple languages, but the main thing is, is votes and bad press. And I think if, if uh, some of these uh, people in the Democratic Party don't step up, we need to really, really put some pressure, say what they're not doing, and have people ready to go in and primary them next time around. And I think that they will uh, acquiesce to, to what they need to be doing for black education in the state. Rob, the, the, the federal judge found de jure segregation yeah. uh, and made it clear now on the part about she did say that that was that, that, that the HBCUs were being properly funded in Maryland. Now, Maryland's tried to hang their hat on that sure, as opposed did. to ignoring the other half of the ruling. Right. But the other half of the ruling says duplication of programs hurt HBCUs. Yep. Well, there, well, there, there are three ways to pressure politicians. Jason mentioned two, bad press. Uh, you know, the other one is just pure pressure um, and votes. But the other way is also high pressure. Look, w there's a lot of money and contributions that are given through black folks, too. And so I, I like to say, as a community, we're not poor. Sometimes we're poorly organized. And so it comes to doing this, do it from the grassroots level, but do it, do it in, in actually contributions, too, because I am sure if you look back on the contributions of a lot of these Democratic legislators, that, they're, that, that, that they've gotten a lot of money from really high, prominent African-Americans here. So they need to put pressure in every single way, and with votes, because this is what matters. Like, we expect, uh, without black people, there is no Democratic Party. It, it, seriously, it, it, if, it, 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 if our numbers went down by, like, 30%, Democrats would lose almost every national election. 30? No, you can go down by 10%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say, Kelly, go ahead, Kelly. No, I'm saying if, yeah. if 60, right. 30% went for Republicans, they'd be over. No, no. Yeah, 10%. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kelly. No, um, your point about there not being rallies, were you saying not no rallies being backed or no rallies at all? No, no. There's, there's been not a single mass protest there's in, a I was, in, I in Maryland. Rallies. I'm talking about, no, I'm talking about at the state capitol yes, the legislature. I was there. I talked to, well, uh, in talking to the Maryland Black Caucus, and talking to those HBCUs, what they have been saying, we have been begging people, yeah. begging people to mobilize, to put pressure on this governor sure. to do this, and what they've said is, it's not happening. Now, the Black Caucus has been doing some things in the past, mm -hmm. but... They, but Like, as of this year, I can't tell you if there's right, been rallies. Got, I'm saying got, in, in years past, I have attended regarding those Regarding this lawsuit. Yes, regarding this lawsuit. Right. Well, according to the Black Caucus and folks with those universities, they were like, yeah, we've been begging people, and I've been saying... It may saying, have not have been and, official, and I, but I was there right. as a Bowie State grad. Um, I'm sorry, I was a Bowie State student at the time, and we had mobilized within the students to go well, to yeah. Annapolis. Yeah, so we were there. Whether it was backed or not, that's the other right. question. And, that's, so, and the thing is, yeah. what, I'm, what I keep saying is, is too many black people in Maryland... Oh, absolutely. And when I say the Divine Nine, like tomorrow, I better be seeing... Colors from every fraternity sorority one. out there, and it doesn't matter if you went to an HBCU. No, it doesn't. The fact of the matter is, they proved their case. The Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law, their lawyers, or leading this legal team, they proved this case. And Maryland has been basically for three years. Maryland didn't do jack nothing in mediation. Nothing. The and... judge even slammed them for saying oh, yeah. this. The, your, your refusal to even cooperate has been a waste of time. And so they, they so now a, another uh, a federal court could still rule because Maryland appealed the decision. Mm -hmm. The judge said go to mediation. 
Uh, and so th this is the case here. Bottom line is this here. If Hogan doesn't move and these judges rule properly, the pressure should be... Maryland legislature meets every... for 90 days every year, beginning mm -hmm. of January. Yes, until April. This should be the number one priority of anybody black in Maryland and say, shut it down until a bill gets passed. No, absolutely. And I... I was at some of the uh, testimony hearings when it was in federal court in Baltimore, and the judge, you could see on her face, like, she was fed up. Everybody there was fed up because even during that, even during those hearings, the case was clear, even from uh, Maryland's side. Like, even their experts were like, we got nothing. Like, <laughs> like you right. So what, what's the issue here? So for Maryland to be this hard-pressed to not do the right thing, it's insulting, and it doesn't do anybody any good to have four of your institutions in one state not doing nearly as well as your other institutions. Because it's not like everybody can go to University of Maryland. It's not like every single person could go to Towson. Bowie State is the oldest HBCU in... The, in the state, and it's one of the best schools in the state, in the country. It's listed. But everybody so, don't need to go. That is the point right. of having creative programs to attract folks to the schools, and these HBCUs got creative, and the predominantly white schools saw it, did say, oh, we're going to have the exact same they major. They got salty. And what happened? It, resources came with it. All those things came with it, Melly. Yeah, I think that, and, you know, I first heard about the case, first time I heard about it, literally, was probably the early part of the of the year. Mm. I literally didn't know um, anything about the case. And That's I'm all you should have been watching TV One. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm I mean, as you watched my show on TV One, you would know about it four years ago. Well, that's, that's Actually, true. you would have known about it six years ago. Well, I didn't. Um, but here we are. So, and so the lesson there is everybody watch, watch, watch black news. Yeah, well, not well. Watch Rolling. no, no, no. Not watch, necessarily watch, black news. But th there's no other black news. This is it. So I, when you say watch oh, Rolling, that means watch well, black watch news. Watch Rolling. There's nothing else. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm all for HBCUs, HBCUs getting. Oh, Rolling. We're not arguing about. No, that. no, no. I'm saying all these facts are facts. But um, yes, everyone, please watch Rolling. And. Well, he's the black well, news. When you watch Rolling right now. Well, <laughs> yes, and continue to watch and support Rolling. But um, stay black, Malik. Stay black. Stay black. Absolutely. Oh my God. Um, but I think that HBCUs should be able to get all of the funding that it needs. This is the fact that this has been circulating in the courts for as long as it has, 13 years. It's very unfortunate. I I agree with uh, the rest of you on what needs to happen as far as a pressure campaign. It is to me, and it, I, I kind of felt this way, you know, when um, when we were talking about the Kwesi and Fumi and how much support he got within the state from black right. from black people. So this is another example of that. You know, they like to talk about you know Prince George's. County being the the wealthiest, the largest, wealthiest county for blacks in the nation will put some of that money into action. Well, first of all, that's... that's I mean, I know, that, but... That, that's even a BS statement. They simply base it upon uh, home, I know, home prices. Rolling, let them be great. No, no, be no great hell no, because see, no, no, because... But, but this see, is I Because what happened was when the home foreclosure crisis right. hit, yes. a bunch of them damn houses right. got foreclosed right. on, which meant your ass wasn't wealthy, right. which meant your ass had a bunch of big-ass houses that you couldn't actually well, afford. Well, that's what they That's all I'm saying, but that's what... And, so and subprime loans and, and no, but and no, but but I understand that. But my whole point is, but it's a lot of my, wealth my, in my that whole county, point is, no. when you lose a whole bunch of them damn homes, your ass was never wealthy. 
No, I agree. But it's a lot of wealth in Prince George's County, black wealth in Prince George's County. It's more in Maryland around than the country. Yeah, right. Oh, I'm just saying. So, yeah, it's all I'm right. just saying. It's, I, it's, it's just not even it's some phrases I don't use, but that's fine. Not Let me do this here, folks, real quick. Human remains have been found in Alabama during the search for five-year-old Taylor Williams, mm -hmm. who vanished from a home in Jacksonville last week. Officials with the uh, Demopolis Police Department said remains were found Tuesday while crews were searching in a wooded area between the cities of Linden and Demopolis, Alabama. The remains have not been identified. But Jacksonville Sheriff Mike Williams said during a news conference Monday that officers had been deployed to Demopolis, Alabama, west of Montgomery. And so we'll certainly update. And here's an update actually on the case. Uh, that sheriff said today that the girl's mother, Brianna Williams, has been arrested for felony child neglect and for giving false information to police. Mm. Williams was admitted to Jacksonville Area Hospital after an apparent overdose earlier in the day. Uh, and mm. so... Um, Man, five-year-old, five-year-old girl. I mean, that is just, just sad, sad news there. Uh, and so, man, we really uh, hate to hear that, uh, but um, that's the case there. Let me also uh, give you this. Uh, there's a big gala happening tonight uh, in Montgomery, Alabama, to celebrate its first black yeah. mayor. Well, today, a court, Stephen Reed was sworn in first black mayor in the history of Montgomery, Alabama. Go to my iPod, go to my iPad, please. Repeat after me. I give your name. Stephen Lewis Reed. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support the Constitution. That I will support the Constitution. And will obey the laws. And will obey the laws. Of the United States. Of the United States. And of the state of Alabama. And of the state of Alabama. That I will. That I will. In all respects. In all respects. Observe the provisions of the ordinances of the city of Montgomery. Observe the provisions and the ordinances of the city of Montgomery. And I will faithfully. And I will faithfully. Discharge the dis duties. Discharge the duties. Of the office. Of the office. Of mayor. Of mayor. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations. So big congrats to Stephen Reed, first black mayor. And what's crazy, this is a city of 63% black. Yeah, I was, yeah. wow. When you said yeah. that, I said, wow. And first black mayor, first black mayor. Also, shout out today uh, to my nephew, Chris. Today is his birthday. November 12th, he gets a shout out. Uh, that's right. Uh, that's my man right now. How old is Chris? What is he, 12, 13? Something like that. Anyway, wow. one of them damn ages. Sure. Don't <laughs> one of them damn ages. It's irrelevant. Uh, but uh, again, it's his... <laughs> What? It's whatever. I see the waste of my time trying to remember. 12, 13, the same. Isn't it rolling? It's the same. First of all, which one you think he want? Remember the right number or his ass getting a shout out? I thought he so. Want a gift. He wants a shout out. That's his, that's his mom and daddy job. <laughs> <laughs> that's his, because his daddy's birthday tomorrow and my birthday Thursday. And so, yeah, I told his, I told his, I told his wife to hold out and have, his ba have, a, uh, have a baby on my birthday. Uh, she didn't want to do that. That's what she should have done. That's what she should have done. You were so, really old to give, right? so she, <laughs> huh? See, we're guaranteed a gift. Yeah. You didn't guarantee the gift. See, that's how it works. All right, y'all. 
Uh, I got to go. Don't forget, you want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered, go to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar you give goes to support this show. Tomorrow, we will be in Annapolis, Maryland, live streaming the rally from the state capitol. This is why we do this. And let me tell y'all right now, no other black website or black network will be there, which is why y'all going to support what we do. Uh, and so all these folks run around to my blackity black, black, they run a whole bunch of entertainment bullshit, but they won't be there fighting for HBCUs. Yeah, I said it. And so you need to be following the folks who give a damn about you and not what in the hell Kanye or Drake or one of them damn Kardashians is doing. No, we don't focus on none of that bullshit. We talk about black news here, stuff that matters. And so we must understand that and support it. And so that's why we want you uh, to support us. You can, If you're all the folks you're watching on YouTube right now, you can give directly on YouTube or you can go to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. You can give via Cash App. Pay, PayPal Square. Our goal is to have 20,000 our followers uh, give uh, in the course of a year uh, about 50 bucks for the year. That's $4.19 a month, 13 cents a day. And again, we cover something that matters to us. And so we'll be at that rally tomorrow in Maryland, live streaming it from beginning to end. And then we'll be live tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night right here. Then, of course, next week we'll be live from Atlanta uh, for the Democratic debate taking place at Tyler Perry Studios on November 20th. This is why we do this. We are black, we're independent, and don't nobody else tell us what to do. Why? Because in the words of Tyler Berry, own your shit. And I do. And that's why it matters for us. I got to go. Holla! Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xu umo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play